Hey guys, my name is BJ Lair. And I am Jed Burks. And we are the Big Red Junkies. We laugh, we drink, and we talk. So, Jed, what do you think about the uh, opposing offense coming in this week? Oh, I don't know. I, I think we're just really excited to see what happens on Saturday. Yeah, do you do you think they're going to be any good? Do you expect to see some high flying action out of them? Uh, I I think I expect to see a lot of things out of a lot of guys that are doing really well in practice, and we're just excited to see what happens on Saturday. What do you think about the defense? A uh, bunch of guys that are uh, really flying around the ball lately, and uh, we're they're just really ready to be ready for Saturday. I know that uh, there's been. The captains were named. Are you pretty excited about the captains out there? Is there any one in particular that stands out to you? We got a lot of guys that could probably be captains, a lot of leaders on this team, and uh, they're they're just getting ready for Saturday. So aside from getting ready for Saturday, I mean, what in the actual fuck are we doing out here asking these questions if you're not going to answer them for me? Well, if I wanted to answer them, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. That press conference was tough to watch. <laughs> yeah. Five minutes and four seconds of somebody <clears throat> standing there really pissed off. Uh, I couldn't. My Like, the whole thing that was going through my head is like, man, practice must have been shit today. Either that or, like, he just got done ripping somebody's ass or he just got his ass ripped. I couldn't figure it out. I Man, I, you know, I, I was telling, I texted you or you texted me like right after the press conference was over and you were like, he is pissed. And I was thinking it was either a bad practice in the morning or just, he just didn't want to be there and didn't want to pretend to be there. No, like didn't care at all. I mean, after like a bad beat down, I get that. Yeah. That's what it looked like. Yes. It was, he just took a bad beat down. Yeah. Cause he, it wasn't even just the normal red face and it's like, he was fidgety with his hands on the side of the podium. And you see stuff. how fast he left the podium. Too? Oh yeah. He was gone. Jeez. And maybe he just had to take a poop. Maybe he just really had to take a shit. I don't know. But that was on. Unco- you mentioned the, the bad practice. And I'm like, okay, maybe that makes sense. Maybe. But then I'm like, but all the kids before him that yeah. went, all the players seemed and looked excited about the game. They didn't seem like they just got their asses ripped. Like, I don't know what was going on. Yeah. Maybe he got some bad news about some stuff that happened from last week. I don't know. I, I'm kind of starting to lean towards that part where it's it's a residue from last week. Uh, but, you know, with the whole – the players were jovial and answered questions and weren't robotic and weren't they were great. pissed off and all of those things. I agree. They didn't sound like somebody that just got their ass chewed. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of leaning towards he uh, is really pissed off still about last week and uh, – I'm not, I'm, I told you before, I'm not crushing him. Um, I'm not, it's not something that I'm holding over his head, but he acted like a child. He, he just did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was kind of embarrassing. I, I mean, I also, I also think about the fact that there's probably not a lot of people outside of Husker nation that really pay attention to those press conferences no. anyway. No. So it's not like the national media is getting a hold of it and probably going to rip him down about no, it. No, they're not. But either way, it's not a good look. 
no, it just didn't look good, especially when you have had good press conference to that point. All yes. the kids look good. There's no explanation for why you seem so agitated and why you seem so irritated being out there. He had the ability to stand there and represent his program and this program uh, for five minutes and four seconds, and he decided to do that. You know, you could have a bad day all you want to, but it was five minutes and four seconds he could have. Fake it. Yeah. Just like you said earlier, fake it. I, I Like, again, this isn't something that I, I'm – holding over his head or hating him for, or this is another thing that goes against. No, I just, you know what? Do better next time. That's yeah. Move on and do better. The two dudes that I was most impressed with today, just watching the press conference. Uh, first of all, Austin Allen looks like he's 40. <laughs> he looked like a coach instead of a player, but Damian Daniels was like, yeah, I set my sights on this. When I came to this program, yep. I've worked my ass off and I earned this. Yeah. He was not, bashful about it he was not like oh any of the other guys could have been it He was like nope i earned this this is mine mm -hmm. and i'm going on it. i yeah. love that yeah he was great. i love that mentality very very cool well man today we're breaking down the illinois game what we expect to see what uh you know i i know that you've done a boatload of research and i basically just rolled out of bed for this one but <laughs> um what's new right <laughs> no you, whatever um, it, man, lead us in. Tell us what your what your uh, main heavy heavy hitters are for for the Illinois game coming up. Well, I think the big thing, and that was a couple of questions in the press conference today about uh, just what to expect from the Illinois team, mainly because of the new coaching staff and how they're going to do. I think one of the big things is that it it is going to be very interesting to see how. Bielema and his coaching staff, the rest of his coaching staff work together considering the two coordinators that he hired, the offensive and defensive coordinator he's never worked with before. Really? Well, typically, you get a guy that comes in and he hires a whole new staff. It's a guy that he knew from there or, you know, whatever else yep. uh, that he had coached with before at another stop or whatever. These are two guys. The offensive coordinator is Tony Peterson. Uh, he does know a little bit about the Big Ten because he coached at Minnesota for handful of years in the early 2000s um and the defensive coordinator actually knows a little bit about nebraska his name is ryan walters he played against nebraska at colorado uh in the mid mid to late 2000s he was he played in the uh, 2007 game oh boy. Uh, where colorado scored 41 points in the second half to uh beat us it was 65 51 um, another one that they we had like a top three or four rushing defense on the year. And then all of a sudden we just got absolutely shredded in defense. I didn't really look at, see like what we did in that game, but he, he, he was on the team also. He didn't play in the game, but he was on the team the following year, that game with a 57 yard field goal by Alex Henry yep. and the Sioux interception. And, you know, he was, it was a fun, it was a fun yeah. uh, comeback. So, you know, he had us one year where he played, he lost on the, he was on the team. I don't know why he didn't play. I, didn't dig that far into it. Sure. Uh, what they were what they were doing on that. <laughs> Coaching wise, though, he's not overly familiar with. No, no, he just who we are, you know. And knowing Nebraska from 2007 doesn't mean anything doesn't considering mean who we are now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but as far as who they re are returning, you know, you mentioned something I, on one of our previous shows uh, about how uh, Lovey Smith when. Early, he was like, 
playing freshman, playing freshman, playing freshman. Well, right on, right out the gate, he was basically like, "Look, this is the way we're going to do things." And he kind of scared away all his upperclassmen. Yeah. And he brought in a shit ton of transfers and stuff, but really was like, "Nope, I, I'm, I'm starting with these freshmen." He played a bunch of true freshmen that year, and they've all been like, "This is their fourth year now, or fourth or fifth year." I think well, it's their fourth. They, well, they have the most. Uh, super seniors, so they've got a lot of six-year guys uh, in the country. They had 20, 20 or 22 wow. guys come back as far as super seniors. But the big thing is... is the they re- wear capes. Sure. Um, <laughs> the big thing is is that they... <coughs> that A lot of that played dividends when, when I was looking at who was coming back and the ages of these guys, these guys that were coming back, uh, or at least the class year. They're, they have a lot of experience on this team maybe not necessarily playing consistently because there's been a lot of injuries and thing. And last year there was a lot, they had a lot of COVID issues, uh, things like that. But one thing that I noticed breaking down position by position for these guys, a lot of at least playing time, whether or not they started or, and actually there is a lot of multiple starts. So like the team in and of itself, they're, they're uh, 13th in big 10 returning talent. Uh, as far as a rating system, on that was the website that I told you about that I saw, but I don't remember what website I was on. Um, 80% of their offense, 61% of their defense uh, is returning. In comparison for Nebraska, Nebraska ranks sixth in their re, uh, returning talent in the Big Ten. And, Nebraska, and that's all on defense. Well, other than, pretty much, other than just 56% of it is on offense, 88% on, is on defense. And actually, that's the 88% returning uh, statistics on defense is ninth in the entire country. I like that. So, you know, but we, we talked a lot about that in the last show and how yeah. I there's a lot of experience, a lot of things we've seen on the defensive side of the ball and nothing on the offense. Yeah. So they've got a, you know, speaking of the six-year guys, that Brandon Peters, their quarterback, he's the guy that started his career at Michigan. He's he's clearly their starter, but he is, I don't know what it says about the other guys behind him because he's garbage. Well, he's a career 53, 54% passer. Um, last year, four quarterbacks, you know, again, like I said, you're, you're going to see a theme where a yeah. lot of guys started games, a lot of guys played games. Last year, the first four games for Illinois, there were four different starters. Jesus. Mainly because of COVID and others, and they sucked and, you know, whatever else. Because Brandon Peters didn't even play in those first three games because of the COVID protocols. Wow. So, uh, a guy that came into this, he was going to be the backup, one of the backup quarterbacks, a highly touted freshman. Uh, do you remember Juice Williams from back in the day? Uh, legendary Illinois quarterback. Uh, yeah, I think so. That was like early 2000s, wasn't it? Uh, it was about 2007, 8, 9, 10. Okay, yeah. So, first of all, when I was looking up some uh, stuff on him, quick side note. When Juice Williams was born, his mom almost passed away from giving birth to him because he weighed 13 pounds, 6 ounces. That's a big boy. That's a huge kid. <laughs> Jesus. But anyway, so... He was going to be one of the backup quarterbacks, but they have moved, since moved him to wide receiver. So uh, they're going to be able to have that kind of an athlete move to the outside. Wait, wait, wait. Juice, like Juice Jr. His, Juice, this is his kid? Yeah. Damn. All right. <laughs> uh, 
at running back, every single guy in the running back room is returning. They finished third in uh, rushing in the Big Ten. Uh, Chase Brown. Chase. Yeah, they, they got three quarters of their season stats for rushing in the Nebraska game. <laughs> you know, they, they had a lot of it, yeah. I had it pulled up here. Nope, there it is. Uh, Illinois. It couldn't have been good. I just remember them running all over us. It was it was yeah, not they, a fun game to watch. Oh, that's the wrong year. I was looking at 2019. I was like, whoa. Uh, they had 285 against us. That was the second highest on on the year. Only rec- only they only had more against Rutgers. So yeah, that's rough. A good chunk of their yards was against us. Um, Chase Brown, Chase Hay- Hayden is the two are the two guys that are basically uh, that their top guys. That, they don't have a whole lot of size. I mean, we talked about that in the offensive one where you got to be 220. Uh, both guys are about two, 200, 205, 5'10", 5'11". Uh, the Chase Hayden kid, he actually transferred into Illinois, and he played with uh, under Bielema in, at Arkansas in 2017. So at least there's going to be some familiarity there with him. Uh, at wide receiver, they lost uh, the – I'm, and I'm probably I'm I, I try to say this name slowly because it's tough. The Emadabebe, Emadabebe, uh, one of their big wide receivers and one of their tight ends. The tight end uh, transferred to Kansas State. The other guy is uh, with Jacksonville Jaguars right now. Um, but their leading their leading returning pass catcher only averaged thirty three point yards per game, and he's the tight end. So the guys on the outside are not anything unless somebody steps up huge. There's nobody to look at. Exactly. So you got a shitty quarterback and not very good wide receivers, or at least not proven wide receivers. I don't sure. know how good they are against the secondary that we have coming back. I I really like our chances as far as how that matchup is going to turn. Well, out. I mean the turnover battle between time of possession and the turnover battle in last year's game, that was our big downfall. Yes. We turned it over five to zero, and they had 13 more minutes where they had the ball than us yeah. in the game. I mean, we didn't play quarterback except for one series where he threw the ball three times or four times. But, I mean, is there anything we can even really take from last season's game coming into this? I do still believe – I mean, Grant, you said it right there with Adrian. He only played in that one series – uh, at the end, and he was three or four, but uh, I do believe that if Adrian starts that game, we win it. I know that that's hard to say when we had with the five turnovers. Yeah. I, I just think that the way that the game starts out, you know, we had that very first play <coughs> was that backwards pass, not a backwards pass, sideways pass. And, and this is exactly what we got back into. And it snowballed. In the offensive episode where we were talking about how the beginning of the season is going to set the tone. The beginning of every exactly. game is going to set the tone. That was I not to keep going back to the press conference, but something that I don't I don't remember which one of them said it today. It actually might have been Adrian made a mention of every single game is a championship game for us. We're no longer looking at the end of the season as a goal. This week is the is the main only goal that we have. I think it was JoJo that talked about what Barrett Rude always says: stacking days. Just, just continue and get better. Was Adrian, oh no, Adrian way. did. Say, Adrian did say that. Nope, because as soon as I said the day by day thing, he because he went yeah. back to the whole. Yeah. It's just like what we say day by day, get yeah. better and better. 
I, you're right. That was Adrian that said that. Because I remember thinking to myself, it was interesting when he he pulled that from a defensive coach. Yes. So I like yeah. that. I, again, as I was talking it out, I'm like, nope. It was an offensive yeah. guy talking about a defensive coach. So, yeah. And I love to hear that because in my mind, that means Adrian's focused not just on yes. exactly what he's doing. He's really in the, in the mix with the whole team. Yeah. It's nice. Uh, one of the biggest experience points is their offensive line. Uh, both of their tackles have 40 starts apiece. Oh, Jesus. Uh, they have two transfers coming in. One of them has 29 starts at his previous stop, and the other one is a three-time all-conference at his previous stop. So, so, so Bielema was starting right back where he, where he left off in the, in he, the Big Ten. He's going to try, with yeah. some talented offensive line. Yeah. Uh, That's the one thing that I'm – I said that I would have liked him coming in if we weren't going to get Frost when Frost was getting hired. I said that I wish he would have gotten a look or even been interested when we hired Riley. I liked what he did at Wisconsin as far as making sure that he maintained the Giants on the offensive line. Not going to go back into that. Yeah. I think everybody gets my affinity for Giants on the line. Uh-huh. We've got him now. That's what I'm most excited to see. Um, is their defense going to do anything? Well kind of going to the coaches not just with that ryan walters who's the defensive coordinator another thing the experience that they got on their coaching staff both of their linebackers coach the inside linebackers and the outside linebackers coach were both defensive coordinators last year where at uh i forgot to look at that they were there were a group of five schools gotcha Uh, okay so nowhere like granted one could say, well, they were defensive coordinators. Why are they moving down? Maybe they weren't that good, but still, a coordinator is a coordinator. Yeah. And they at least know how to or have been experienced in organizing a defense on a larger scale than just their position. Well, and if you're, look, if you're looking at anything on this staff to say, well, he sucks. Why is he there? You've got to start with Bielema because – Let's be honest, his Arkansas, that debacle was nothing more than a debacle. Yeah. I, he went down there and absolutely shit the bed. Yes, he did. And I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. Is it because he didn't have somebody build a program for him before he came in? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I.e. Barry Alvarez. <laughs> I think going to, well, yeah, but I think going to Arkansas, there's a million different reasons as to why that didn't work out the way that it did. Because in in the SEC in general, you at a lot of places you get a short leash because sure. of the mountains that you have to climb with the teams that are in there. But they're already just because he's gone re- recruiting better. So I don't even I don't even understand what they, but they also now have an SEC coach true in there. True. You're you right you're right. You're so right. you know having a quote unquote outsider come in to the SEC to try to figure it all out on how the SEC is a different freaking animal. I mean true. it's just it's crazy, but they have a Southern guy in there now that knows the lay of the land that changes. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, so again, going back to what I said before, as far as a lot of guys playing, uh, they have nine guys on the defensive line with starting experience from 2020. Uh, another thing, so they're also switching to a 3-4. So a lot of those nine guys... He didn't play a 3-4 at Wisconsin, did he? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Did he? Okay. Wisconsin's pretty much always sure. been a 3-4. Okay. Um, 
some of those nine guys that was starting experience are moving to outside linebacker. Sure. So they're not just staying on the line. But uh, as far as the defensive linemen that they have listed on their uh, roster, their average size is 6'2", 295. So you compare that to what we have on our offensive line right now. And, you know, granted, it doesn't mean you win every match, but yeah. I, I like the way that the tail of the tape sets up. Lined up-wise, they shouldn't get much up the middle anyway. No. They're going to have to be running some pretty interesting stuff in order to get a good blitz up the middle on that. Yeah. Uh, at linebacker, they have a stud, uh, number 35, Jake Hansen. This is his sixth year. Uh, he leads the nation in the past two years. He has 14 takeaways. Sure. Uh, and he has 10 career forced fumbles, which with the lineage of the Illinois uh, especially on defense. I know everybody thinks Illinois has been terrible forever, but they actually do have a very good history of the, de- of defensive players like Dick Butkus, Simeon hmm. Rice, Kevin Hardy. Um, while the, the, his 10 forced fumbles is <coughs> third only behind Simeon Rice and Hardy. Jesus. So he's got, he's in some good company there as yeah. far as the history of that program. Um, one of their other one of the defensive linemen from last year that has the starting experience that's moving to outside linebacker. Uh, he was second team all Big Ten last year. He had five sacks, seven tackles for loss. That his uh, I don't know if he's keeping the same number. He was the number ninety nine Owen Carney uh, from last year. Defensive backs again, tons of experience with a lot of playing time up and down the board on all of those guys, their average size is six foot or under. So again, you get that secondary going up against our giants that we have on the outside. A lot of big boys on the outside to be able to go and get those balls. Exactly. Hopefully he's got a little bit of a lighter touch against some of those guys and can just kind of throw them up and let them go up and get them. Make somebody make a play. Yeah. Go up and get it. Exactly. But it's one of the most experienced teams in the country for, in various different ways. And like I said, that their experience just hasn't been very good. Exa- that's, and that's the thing. <laughs> it's, it's always funny. So Bill, Bill Connolly, and that's not where I got this from, but actually now that I'm saying that out loud, it might've been, I'll have to go back and look at his thing again, but he always does the returning production. Sure. And I think it was a couple of years ago when uh, Northwestern went like one in 11 and they were just God awful, terrible. And the following year came out and Nebraska was like two or three as far as returning production and Northwestern was number one. And everybody's like, Oh, they got the most returning production. It's like, yeah, but they sucked. Yeah. They were terrible. Granted they won the division the following year with that experienced production, but I don't know that there wasn't a head coaching change. There wasn't a culture change. There wasn't an everything change. And, one of your favorite head coaches is at Northwestern. Right. So, you know, yeah, I do love me some Pat Fitzgerald. So yeah, a lot of experience for Illinois, uh, but they're not very good. Yeah. At I don't the same know. time, they beat us last year. So yeah, that that's the biggest thing for me is I, I keep wanting to go back and look at last year's game. And I think we're going to be able to do that with some of them this year. This is the one that I think that game was such an outlier for us in our season where it seemed yes, the game itself was not at the same level, the same trajectory that we seemed to be on at the time. 
But at the same time, it also seemed exactly like everything we've seen so far for the last three years, which is, oh, a little bit of momentum and shit the bed. Yeah. A little bit of momentum and shit the bed. Can't get out of your own way. Yeah. I mean, it's just a nonstop factor. Just shooting ourselves in the foot during that entire game last year against Illinois. We had seven penalties to their three or four. Uh, we only converted 33% of our third downs. And they comp- they completed against us 64.7% of their third downs against us, which was the highest that we gave up all year. That's disgusting. So That's disgusting. Yeah. And, and it was Illinois. Yeah. Well, and I... I pointed to the turnovers in the time of possession. I think those kind of go hand in hand, especially if they're converting third downs. Yes. Because that means we're getting them into third down situations and they're nonstop going at it. Those, But those are just as powerful as almost as turnovers because you're not yes. getting them off the field. That's been our biggest problem is getting the other team off the field on third down situations. Well, that game, like I remember, like I was mentioning in the defensive episode, that game was one of them. I specifically sitting, I remember sitting there going, the defense is just fed up right now. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think the 41 points we gave up is indicative of the defensive effort we had. Absolutely not. It's just, oh, you're going to turn the ball over on us five times. How the fuck are we supposed to keep them out of the end zone the entire game? Yeah. I think that's where we saw some of that. So I remember thinking that myself, um, you know, enough with last year, though, because Jesus, fuck, that was a terrible game. <laughs> I if if I could please never see another game like that again, that'd be amazing. Oh, geez. Um, I want to know what you actually expect to see out of our offense from a standpoint of Adrian coming out and being I, I want to see like I like I talked about in the very first episode of our intro. I want to see us calm, cool, collected business manner. Not, I've got to be jazzed through the roof and going. Do you expect to see that out of Adrian going into his fourth year? Uh, I sure as hell hope that everybody should expect that. I, I'm, I would assume that out of the things that I've heard from him, that he expects that. Um, cause he's got, he's been saying multiple times, he's nothing to lose mentality, which, you know, <coughs> some people like it, some people don't. I know Damon really, Damon Benning really hates the nothing to lose mentality because there's always something to lose a game. Yeah. But I, I understand. I don't think that that's where Adrian is coming from. I get where he's coming from. It's let's just go out there, do what we do or do what we can do. Maybe not do what we do because what they've been doing isn't very good, but do what they believe that they can do and what they might show in practice with the greatest practices ever lines that, you know, we <laughs> love to hear over the years. We did not hear that today that's though. That's true. That uh, is very true. <laughs> I did not hear that. Today. That would that would have gone over his word requirement because like he clearly was on a pitch <laughs> count with his words. Frost was because he wanted to get in and get out. Back to what you said though about but, about Adrian mentioning nothing to lose. I think that that maybe in his mind comes from a standpoint of he was so highly touted as a recruit coming in, he was so highly touted coming out of his freshman season. And being looked at for the Heisman and yada, yada, yada. I think it speaks to the pressure that he put on himself. The pressure he put on himself, but also the expectation that he felt like everyone had for him and for himself, like you said. Absolutely. But, I mean, we were all talking. National pundits were talking. Mm -hmm. This kid's going to be a great NFL player, blah, 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 blah. And it all fell apart. Everybody thought he was leaving after his junior year. Oh, yeah. They had all but signed his rookie contract for him. And so it's... It's interesting to me to hear him talk about nothing to lose. 
from that aspect, yeah, he really doesn't have anything else to lose. Yep. Right now, he's not going to get looked at by the NFL. No. He's got to put together a fantastic season to even get sniffed. He's probably still going to be back next year. So. Yeah. I, I, I'm still not 100% sold that he'll be back next year. Doesn't mean he's going to the NFL. He could still transfer somewhere else and still have a year of eligibility left. True. Um, I just don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to say that I'm leaning one way or the other or heard one way or the other. Zero idea. I I just – writing on the wall tells me that he probably won't be back, but I don't know. But as far (laughs) as – What do you mean writing on the wall? What wall are you reading? No, I'm just – maybe it's just the vibe that I get, I guess. Maybe not writing on the wall because that makes it sound like somebody's trying to almost push him out. Is it because you think uh, that he – like I've always thought this. He's not very excitable. He's not a dude who gets super fired up. He's always very laid back and well-mannered in press conferences, regardless of win or loss or excited or whatever. Uh, you know, to hear everybody talk before him player-wise and then to get him up there, he definitely sounded like the seasoned vet, the guy who's been in front of the cameras for four years. At the same time, he also he, – he had that business-like mentality that I expect to see, not so much of the – I'm trying to play it cool that I've heard from him in the past. I think it's more of a, he's, he will have been here for four years. I'm guessing he's going to graduate after four years. I don't know his status on that, but let's just say he's going to graduate. He's been here for four years. He's had a lot of pressure on him, whether it's himself putting the pressure on him or the outside pressure being on him. And Hey, I've played four years here. I've started for four years. I've graduated. I'm good to move on. Like it's time to to go. Who's to him being the first three-time captain in school exactly. history? I, I just think it's more of just a situation of maybe it's just time for him to go. Not that we want him to go. You know, it's just it's time. It's been long enough, and let's try it. Try to do whatever he wants to do somewhere else. I honestly, of course, maybe depending on what happens this year, I, I would love to see him back. Um, I'd but, love the experience, but at the same time, if he if he doesn't pick up his play this year, yeah, it's I would want him to go because you got to give somebody else an opportunity yes. because clearly you stalled out. Yeah. But, but so as far as the game Saturday, uh, I I'm what I'm looking for is that loose mentality. The, and not just of Adrian, but of the entire team, we talked about this before about how things snowball so quickly. Hell, we referenced it with the Illinois game, but we can go down many different games on where as soon as something goes wrong, then they can't pick themselves back up. Yep. I'm looking for that first opportunity when something does go wrong against them, uh, whether it's forced or unforced errors uh, on their part. Just move, fuck it, and move on. Yeah, you know it's it's. But I I really do believe that they're going to have that in this game. Um, Spoiler alert: If we pick uh, at the end, I don't think that we will have much trouble in this game Um, overall. Maybe early, maybe jitters, <laughs> being in front of a crowd for the first time in over a year, uh, all of those things. Maybe maybe some early jitters, but I, I really do believe that we're going to come out and, you know, for lack of a better phrase, have nothing to lose. Yeah. I hope so. I I, I mean, hell, Ethan Piper said it today. They, they said something about, uh, what do you expect, like, your line, and he goes – Five yards of carry. We're going to run it downhill. We're going to run it down yep. the throat. He did say that. So that's that's I, what he actually said. He said, I don't I don't remember if he said it in a different way, but he said, 
I know he Something said five about yards move the, He said move the ball two yards and down. I was like, no, he said he wanted to move the line two yards. Okay, that okay, that okay. You got it that way because the way he said it, and I was actually I was in the middle of making my lunch. Yeah, and so I was like, Did he, that that math don't add up, buddy. No, he, he wanted to move the line. Of, you know, so he wanted to move the push guy in the, front of him, push yeah. them back. Got yes. it. Yes, that makes more sense because I was like. Did he just say, and I didn't want to go back it up because I, I didn't want to I miss stuff, yeah. so yeah, that's funny. All right, you got some prop bets you wanted to run through, you wanted to talk about. Sure. Bust them on me. All right. So, uh, we'll go straight to Adrian Martinez right at the very beginning. So, last year, uh, you know, obviously he didn't play much. He had four passes, so kind of irrelevant, but in some of his best games have been against Illinois in his three years. Yeah, 2018, he had 290 yards passing. 219, he had 328 yards passing. So I'm going to put the over-under on his passing yards at 280. 280? Yeah. Over. Over? Over. Why? First of all, I see... Us coming out and throwing the ball around right away in the beginning. I think I think that that's something we try and do at the beginning of every season, it seems like, with Frost. And I see us, just because of the new talent that we have out there and what you mentioned about how small how small mm-hmm. their, their entire defensive backfield is, I could see us ripping off a couple 50, 60 yarders in this first game. And really opening up the opening up the playbook on the downfield stuff that we've been begging for for the last three years. I initially wanted to put this number just at an even three hundred. Yeah. But you know, with the two ninety in two thousand eighteen, I I just decided to move it down to two eighty just for shits and giggles. I'm actually going to go with the under only because I think almost the opposite of what you said as far as you think they're going to come out and try to throw the ball around. You think we're just going to come out and run it down the I throats? think that they're going to try to prove a point this year with running. And I think, especially with the first game, I think they're going to try to set the tempo early and just come out and try to smash. Are you saying they want to take that next step in the running game? Sure. <laughs> if we're going to continue the step jokes, sure. <laughs> oh, he's my boy this year. He's, he's, he's the guy I'm looking at. Which... You know, funny that you would say that because that leads me right into the next question. Who gets the first running back carry? Oh, man, you know it's Step. <laughs> as, I, as I would put it, he's going to step on the gas. Sure. Uh, I believe I'm going to go with, we talked about this before, uh, the guy that keeps getting brought up first every time they talk Irvin? about. No, I'm going to go with Savion Morrison. Oh, okay. I, I, actually, I like it. I like it. Tell me why, though. Honestly, it's just that. Like, well, the reason the reason I think I've, it's going to be those three guys. The reason I'm saying step though is because I'm seeing us in a third and short in the first series early. So that means, and the that's first, the first time that we're going to run the ball is okay. on third down. Okay. I uh, see. I yeah. see the first play of the game being some like 35, 40 yards down the field. You mean not a swing pass? No. <laughs> Yeah. No, I don't think it's swing. Pass. I'm not. I'm not asking who's going to be the first running back out there. Because I mean, we're not. We're not carry. trying to throw another not backwards pass, Jesus. backwards oh, pass Jesus. for a touchdown. So, so it will not be a swing pass. To or start maybe the game. we do it to prove that we can. No, no fuck that. <laughs> if that's the first thing that comes out, I hope it's picked and six. Oh my god. Yeah, that'd be bad. 
Uh, but you know, I'm only picking Morrison because of that. That this show might shut down if they throw a pick six <laughs> swing pass for the first fucking play of the game. This might be our last episode, folks. <laughs> Which might be good for some people, but whatever. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm only going with Morrison because he's the first guy that gets brought up all the time. I actually truly believe that it's going to be Gabe Irvin, but I'm going to pick Savion Morrison because of what I just said. Well, like I've said before, I just see both of those two dudes, Irvin and Morrison, being you know, the first and second down guys to be yeah. in there. But step on short and third is always – I think it's always going to be him. He's the bowling ball. So he's going to step on the field on third down. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Okay, let's move the hell away from step. <laughs> step off, man. Yeah, I was just getting ready to say <laughs> Anyway. You better step up your game. <laughs> <laughs> we might get shut down for that. <laughs> Forget whatever happens on the first play. Oh, no shit. Uh, yards per carry for Illinois for the whole game. And I put the number at five yards a carry. And I did that because what you talked about multiple times with the last year's game where they just ran all over us. Yeah. They averaged 7.8 yards a carry last year. Or no, I'm sorry. 5.4 yards a carry last year, 5.8 yards a carry in 2019, and 7.8 in 2018. Oof. Yeah. So, I, you know, I am very high on our defensive line specifically, and we talked about how our the yards per carry for our team has gone down every year on defense. Uh, and last year it was 4.1. And we said we targeted 3.8, if I'm not correct. Something like that, yeah. So I know that that's very high up, but I'm more just looking at the history of what that team has done against us recently and also Brett Bielema being out there. Yeah, no, I get that. That's I, why I put the number at five. I think we'll see. I don't know if as much of... I, I don't know, man. I think it's one of those things where for me, because they do have so much experience on the offensive line, I my gut says okay this might be a game we still get gashed on the ground for, but at the same time, what was Bielema's prime up in Wisconsin when he was playing against us before? It was all these jet sweeps and then mm -hmm. everything was straight up the gut. Yeah, straight up the gut or it was a sweep around the outside. And with as much experience as we have and as much film as we have on him from being in the Big Ten, I'm going under. I think that we're going to do some things in the first quarter that are going to make them force them to put the ball in the air and make some decisions. I really hope so. Anyway, <laughs> it, it sucks. I'm going to agree with you with the under. So it kind of tells me I should change the number, but I kind of, I also think with history tells me that the number is okay. Cause I think that there might be some people that are going to go with the over on that. So, Oh, we might totally get gashed. Like you, you tell me that you got a pair of tackles that, on both sides that have 40 games each. That's yeah. It's a lot. Well, and even the other two of the other guys, they've got, you know, like I said, one guy is a three time all conference player. The other guy has 29 starts. So it's like, yeah, there's guys that have been around. Do they have the running backs to throw back there? I mean, do I they mean, have a, a money ball type or a, no, but, that's also more telling you how good Monty Ball is. I mean, it, Chase Brown's not terrible. He, again, he was one of the one of the top three or four running backs in the league last year, as far as stats go. Sure. Whether or not you know talent wise, that's a different conversation. But you know, it's 
Illinois had the third best running game in the conference last year too. Without, that's all they could do last year. It is, but they still could do it successfully. If you, if that's the only thing that you're known to be able to do, and you still do it somewhat successfully. Why did this kid from Michigan transfer? I don't know who. Who the quarterback? Oh, uh, there was a hodgepodge of guys there that. You mean, oh, I didn't, we were talking about running game, and then you just automated. No, 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 I know. So I just... I, my, that's my bad. That's my bad. <laughs> no, no, the... I, I'm, I'm just thinking in my mind, I'm like, I'm trying to find a reason that they wouldn't just ground and pound just like they did all year last year. Like, obviously. If he also transferred from Michigan up... because Harbaugh clearly has not been able to produce a quarterback at, at Michigan. So. He hasn't. <laughs> but he also has recruited several yeah. that were I just had to, to throw a jab at Harbaugh. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dick. Yep. <laughs> All right. Who's the uh, first wide receiver or tight end to catch a touchdown pass? Oh. That's a good one. I think. Ooh, I got it. Omar Manning. Okay. You know why? Why? Because they're on to the next step with this kid. Jesus. <laughs> No, uh, if if he's as if he's as much reclaimed as they say he is, and he you know all the stuff that you've talked about of him seemingly having put all those ghosts back in the closet and gotten uh, gotten himself back on the right track, I think they're going to try and get him going early. They're going to try and get him seen. It's either going to be him or um, it's Torre, but I'm, I'm going with Omar Manning. And well, and back of the end zone. Either either doing Omar or Toure would make sense for you. I'm not going to do either one of them. Whatever. <laughs> uh, would make sense as far as you said that you think they're going to go deep, and those are pretty much going to be some of our deep guys. Yeah. Uh, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bet on bets. <laughs> All right. All right. That's, I like That's it. where I'm going. I like it. I just I think that uh, I think we're going to move the ball down the field and he's going to get, you know, maybe a 15 yarder or so in the end zone. If you had to pick a tight end, who would it be? Well, Austin Allen. I mean, he's pretty much it right now with Vokalek out. So yeah. I know Hickman will play, but if you're going to pick a tight end, you'd have to go with Austin Allen. I mean, just kind of the guy. Yeah. So uh, who will lead the team in tackles for this Illinois game? Ooh. The obvious answer would probably just be immediately Jojo Doman. Yeah. Um, I, I hate going with the obvious. I answer. know. That's why I said that. But And then we don't have Will Honus. So. Man. I don't, it kinda, this is another one of those where it's like, okay, well, what is Illinois going to do? Are they going to come out and run the same running style that Bielema ran in Wisconsin? Yep. Because if that's the case, I could see Damian Daniels racking up eight, nine, ten tackles. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to go with either him or maybe. I'm going with a new guy. Ooh. Let me hear yours, and I, I, I'm going to keep thinking about this. I'm going with the transfer from UNI. Not that he transferred from you and I, but Northern <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> uh, Chris Kalarvik. 
I can't say for sure that he's going to get the start, so I'm kind of going out on a limb here because there's no depth chart. Because as Frost immediately said out after the first question, there is no depth chart. Yeah. But uh, I think that he will get the start, and I'm going to go with Chris Kalarvik. All right. I'm going to go with the with the big boy up front, Damon Daniels. Double D? Give it to him. All right. Sacks by Nebraska, one and a half. Yes. I'm going with three. Three? Three for the game. Wow, that's a lot. Actually, three. Yep, I'll do three. I was going to say three or four. Because... And again, I'm just basing it off history. Obviously, we only had 13 sacks last year. Sure. So we we don't average. <laughs> we average like 1.4 a game. Sure. That's basically why I put the number at one and a half. We only had one against Illinois last year. Yeah. So as much as I wanted to put the number maybe at two and a half, which sounds like you would have gone over either way. Here's my reasoning behind it. You basically told me they have no quarterback that can throw the ball. And when they have the experienced offensive line. They have the experienced offensive line, but they have a quarterback that can't throw the ball, and they lost their two best wide receivers. Yep. And so there's going to be times, especially when they're third and long situations, where he's going to be forced to sit back there and make some decisions, and I think we're going to get to him a couple times. Well, I'm going with the over two, but I think it's only going to be about two. Just Let's hope it's five. Again, based on the history. I, I it's hard for me to say, oh yeah, three or four, four or five. Well, the but, feeling the feeling that I get from listening to some of the players talk is like the the fundamentals are finally all in place and they're all there on the defensive side of the mm-hmm, ball. Yep. And so there's gonna be some more I don't I don't know if I'd call it risk taking, but it's yes, yes, risk taking when it comes to jumping routes to try and snag an interception or maybe dropping off of a guy a little bit faster than you would have. So you can try and go snag that sack. Yep. So I, I like, I like the idea of it. I really, really, really just hope that our defense is at least advanced from where it was last year. I, they did not put near as much pressure screwing around and pressure. They, they didn't put near as much into the whole black shirts thing this year. There wasn't as much question. There wasn't, you know, oh, there wasn't less. Which wasn't is fine last by year, me. There was only I, like nine or ten. I, I don't care. Like, yeah. It's not that I don't care about the black shirts. I don't care about them talking about it constantly. No, I don't like it being talked about constantly, but I like the fact that that unit, that tradition stays in place. Yeah. Well, I, and I don't I think it needs to be one of those things that's lorded over people. It's either you have earned it or you haven't. Yeah. That's why I like this the fact that it just happened this year instead yeah. of there being all this crazy talk about it for two weeks it kind of that that maybe that's why again i care about the the tradition of it but i don't care to like when it when it came out this morning as far as how many people got one and all that stuff i didn't care because that's a team thing that's that's a that's their stuff i i got so beaten down by whether it's was when bo was here when Callahan was here and didn't understand it and didn't want to, but when Bo was here and the reaction to it was just so like, well, this year we're going to give it out six games into the season. And this year we're going to give it out at the beginning of the year. And this year we're going to give it out in the third game. But it just got so worn on me that I was just like, 
I don't care about it anymore. Yeah. You guys do it. Fine. If you don't, honestly, I'm okay with that too. Just go out and win games. Like I've, I've said it before. The only streak that I care about, the, all the streaks that have gone away, the only, tr- the biggest tradition Nebraska has is winning games. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the only that's tradition the I, care I care about. about. Getting back. It's the only tradition I care about. Everything else is just kind of window dressing and makes us look nice and yeah. everything else. So whatever is whatever. Uh, my last prop bet, but then we'll probably go into how we think the game is going to go as far as spread and over under. But my last prop bet is uh turnover margin for the game for Nebraska plus 1.5, which Ooh. has obviously been our biggest bug. One of our biggest bugaboos. I can't say biggest cause there's a lot of them, but is the turnovers. I feel like the primary not just focus... not just giving them away, but also taking them away. Yes. I feel like a primary focus that I've heard several players, several coaches allude to throughout the press conferences this fall has been, there's been a big focus on penalties and a big focus on turnovers. Yep. Obviously those are things every team focuses yes, on. Yes. No shit. But that's been like you just said, it's, that's been our biggest thing. I said it. I don't remember which episode, but I said, we've got to win the fucking turnover battle at some point. Yep. And I think there's no better way than starting out, taking care of the ball. I think you're going to see Adrian do even more than he did last year, keeping the ball away from the defender. Keep keep the ball away from the defender. I don't care if you're incompleting passes to the ground. I agree. I don't want to see him sailing into other teams' hands. Yep. And so that being said, I think we're probably still going to fumble the ball twice. We've got some really young dudes carrying the ball. Which is why I brought up that linebacker uh, that Hanson did. Yeah about how many takeaways he has and forced fumbles he has. Yeah. Uh, so that- I, I could totally see us probably dropping the ball twice. And I don't know if they'll necessarily turn into turnovers, but yeah, dropping the ball at least twice and uh, an errant throw that turns into a pick. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be over pass. on that. Yeah. Tipped pass, yeah. especially with some of the younger wide receivers and tight ends that we'll have out there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think that's a pretty easy over in my book. Wait, you you think we're going to have turnovers? You said one and a half, right? Yeah, plus plus one and a half for Nebraska. Yeah. So oh, you, plus one. Are you talking turnover margin? Well, yeah. Okay. That I thought you were just talking about our turnovers. No, 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 no. no. I'm Got sorry. Got it. Okay. So it's also about takeaways, too. Yeah. Well, and. Uh, <laughs> so basically, are we going to, you know, yeah. Is our defense going to take the ball away as well? I, mean, I would say you talked about it earlier. It was five nothing last year. Yeah, for Illinois. One Cam Cam Taylor Britt basically said today that he was yes. going to get at least one interception a game. Yeah. So well, no, he didn't say a number. Well, the, he refused he to said say bigger a number. than his number. Yeah. <laughs> and then somebody said something about him changing his number to nine. No, he's five. No, but he said he was talking about changing his number to nine no, or something that, like that. He'd have to get Dismuke's number. Gotcha. And Dismuke's well, not giving it to him. Well, okay, they, they already if, have if we're the talking numbers. turnover margin, plus one and a half for Nebraska, I'm going to go under just because I think it's going to be – I think I could see us getting one yeah. or it being even. But we so still, I'm go we're under. still giving it up, you know. Yeah. We can get one, but we can give up I'll th- one, I know? think we'll probably give it up three times in this game. Okay. At least two. So, <laughs> and then you But I'm hoping we get two or three. Okay. So you're going to go under. Yeah. I'm actually going to go over. Oh boy. I I just I don't know if it's just a uh the fandom in me or 
look burning desire or look the burning desire the uh excitement that i have to just get to saturday i uh, revert back to what frost repeated over and over again just excited for saturday i'm just excited for saturday we're just looking forward to saturday um or all the look up that i had on illinois and thinking yeah they're experienced but they're just not very good yeah they're bad everywhere and then you add in the new coaching staff with it being the first game of the season uh the switching to the three, four, you know, just, there's just a lot of things that we've experienced the switching to the three, four, the new coaching staff, you know, all those things that that was a lot harder, especially in the first game of the season that that's why I'm going to go with the over on that. It's something else that we didn't really touch on that much. Illinois. These were all lovey's dudes. Yeah. These were his dudes. And so there might be a lot of dissension in the, ranks i don't really think that there is if you have 22 super seniors coming back i can't imagine that there's a whole lot of dissension yeah i suppose plus you have a very experienced head coach coming in with brett bielema brings in a lot of cachet that's true and he's i mean yes he sucked ass massive donkey ass at arkansas but he was really good in wisconsin and he's also coming from the pros where all these players want to get to yeah you know, he and they and hell, they know. Well, granted, they know they don't know because they weren't at Illinois. But he's got the pedigree from the Big Ten. Uh, Bielema does. These kids were all fucking. I know. That's why. As soon as I said, I'm like, that's not true. <laughs> but he he could look at them and say, I know how to win in this conference. True. That's what. That's mainly what I meant to say. But I just think that this game is going to go really well for us for a variety of different reasons uh, that we I just stated and. I think we're going to come out with our hair on fire. I like it. God, I'd love it. <laughs> the, the only other thing is the, as of right now, the over under uh, is 55 and a half and the point spread is 6.5 for uh, Nebraska. Can that go down? I, I thought, I, I, thought well, I guess I looked at, at it last night, I guess. I, I thought it opened at seven. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I... Oh, now I see it's seven and a half. I would say... This is this is the fan speaking in me. The, the, the person that you've turned me into by beating me down about my expectations for the Huskers <laughs> over the last four or five years makes me want to say, yeah, we're probably going to shit the bed in the first half, somehow come out with a win here, like a field goal or something like that. It's going to be ugly. And we're going to start that downward snowball of bullshit that we go through every single season. However, I'm going to, because of the fact that you are allowing your fandom to pull <laughs> you up a little bit. Give it's you, funny that you shit you on me at first give you and say, little... I beat you down on something. <laughs> you it... have. You have fucked me up over the last four or five years for the Huskers. Whatever. But I will say. The fact that you are allowing a little ray of sunshine, a little, <laughs> little, little ray of hope come through in your prediction tells me that this should be pretty good. I think that we, I, I could definitely see us covering the seven and a half spread. Uh, you said 55 and a half is the yeah. point total? Roughly 55. I, if I had to, if you, were, if you were making me pick that right now, I'd go under on that just because I think our defense is going to be pretty darn good this year coupled with the fact that their offense is going to be bad. And like I said, Frost gets a couple couple score lead, and he just wants to run the ball off the gut. Yeah. So just like any big point total that the Patriots are ever going up against somebody that's bad, I'm always like, that's a sucker bet. Yeah. Because as soon as there's 10 points spread there, 
It's done. It's a lot like if you're if you're betting Alabama and, and those giant spreads, what you do is you look for first half spreads. Oh yeah. And then you don't touch the second half because they just throttle everything down in the second half. Yep. Uh I agree. You know, apparently I just break everybody down and make everybody think that Nebraska sucks. <laughs> so I'm going to say I'm going to do the obvious thing and say Nebraska covers the spread. <laughs> I, I do believe Guys, I have a tear in my eye right now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what to say about this whole situation. I think we win by double digits. Uh, and I agree. We'll probably not get to the over under. Does this uh, have, does this have a feel to you? Cause it kind of does to me like that revenge game year yes. two of frost against Minnesota. You yeah. knew what I was going to say no, before I, I even, <laughs> it, it's not even, I don't, I don't even care what game you're going to reference, but I, that I, one I think, specifically when we beat their doors yeah, down, I think this is, that that's another factor into why I think this game is going to go well for Nebraska, especially I, with so much returning on both sides of the yes. ball. They they Scott Frost in particular. I, hell, this might be another reason why he was so pissed off today. He's he was pissed at that game last year. Oh yeah. Uh, so it might it might just have been focus earlier today on in the press conference. Um, and if that's the case, cool, great. Um, and if that is the case also, I apologize for saying that it was childish, even though it still was childish, but oh. I like the, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I just, I think there's so many different things that stack up for Nebraska in this game that whether it's emotional or physical that are very good in this matchup. And that's a wrap. Follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Anchor. We do have a new skill on your Alexa. You can actually set us up as part of your daily briefing. Find us on Twitter and Facebook at Big Red Junkies. And don't forget to join the Big Red Junkies Nation. It's a Facebook group where adults who aren't afraid to speak their mind and aren't afraid to hear other people's go other people go off <laughs> and get together and chat up Oscar football. Cheers, brother. Let's go do a shot. I'm in. Thank you.